Welcome to the newest episode of It's My Turn with Charlie Turner Thorne. I'm Charlie Turner Thorne, the head coach of Arizona State University women's basketball. I've been a head coach for 26 years, so I'm used to getting asked the hard questions. There's always a lot of pressure to win while developing the lives of our 18 to 22 year old women. The most challenging part of all this? Well, all of it. But now it's my turn to ask the questions while hopefully sharing a few nuggets of my own about leadership and building a winning culture. Well, hello, this is Charlie Turner Thorne um, here with well-known rock star sports anchor and reporter um, from ESPN Sports Center now to play-by-play announcer for the Pac-12 Network for Women's Basketball and also football and men's basketball reporter, Cindy Brunson. Um, and uh, Cindy, uh, before I put you on the hot seat, um, I just wanted to let you know we share a little history. We both met our husbands at work, <laughs> you know, sort of working alongside. So, you know, you're, yours, of course, much better known, you know, Steve uh. and He's now the Arizona Diamondbacks announcer, and you guys co-anchored Sports Center. So, I mean, my husband just helped me make a highlight tape at Santa Clara University, but still, <laughs> I got kind of on the thread. It was kind of fun. So, um, and Absolutely. by the way, Washington, yeah. Washington native, congratulations on the storm. I was very excited oh, to that was uh, awesome. see them get it also, if the, if the Mercury and the Connecticut Sun couldn't. And uh, we're glad you're in Arizona now. So, Oh, without further ado. I love it here, and uh, I tell you what, that commonality, uh, I don't know if you were cubically connected. We had cubicles set up at ESPN, so we were alphabetically situated, so it was Brunson and Berthume. I had nothing but oh. the best chance in the world to meet my husband because of that scenario, <laughs> so it worked out beautifully. Yeah, no, not at all. We weren't even in on the same part of campus, but... Uh, you know, back then you didn't have all this uh, digitized video. You had to go, and it was like tape, you know, tape to tape, like you know, VHS to VHS. Right. And you would cut it and slice it, and he had to show me how to do that. I was an assistant coach, so it was fun. But, um, but yeah, we really appreciate you joining us today. Just, you know, it's um, we've had some amazing people um, that have just kind of shared some of their thoughts and wisdoms on this podcast. And so um, again, Cindy Brunson, you're on the hot seat. Are you ready? All right. I am. All right. Here we go. So, you know, we still have room for growth, of course, but wanted to get your perspective from your days at ESPN to the Pac-12 network. How have you seen women's basketball expand um, in the national spotlight and media? I think it's been an amazing span of growth. And I take it back to about the early to mid 2000s when I jumped on the WNBA studio desk at ESPN. It was funny watching a storm sweep just yesterday. It took me back to when I was on the desk with Doris Burke and the storm were sweeping the Atlanta dream at the time and thinking about how much the game has grown, how much more competitive, how the level of play has elevated starting with the pros all the way down to division two. I mean, everywhere you tune in, the level of basketball has gotten better. And then the other market difference is the fans. 
the fan support. I mean, you look at a program like South Carolina or in our own conference, Arizona State, always steady with fans, but Arizona coming on the scene, Oregon coming on the scene, Oregon State. It has been so exciting to see the passion of the fans. And that's been the most heartbreaking part of this whole COVID scenario as we all try to stay as safe as we can, that the fans can't be involved and participate because that has been the best part of the game. Charlie, when I was on the call for the upset of the Oregon schools by your team, uh, it was incredible. And the fans, I really felt them. It was palpable at the table right there at center court. And I can't imagine that that sweep happens without your Sun Devil faithful. So uh, yeah, for me, it's been the quality of play up and down the board and the fan support. Yeah, I do think, yeah, thanks, Cindy. That's um, great insight. And I, and, and it is going to be a bummer. I mean, no, no official announcement yet after January 1st. So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll keep our fingers crossed if we can get through this pandemic and, you know, things can really get on an upswing, you know, maybe that, that will change for the majority of our conference season. So um, we'll stay tuned to that, but yeah, it makes a difference, you know, energy in the building. And, and obviously when, when people love something, then the media wants to cover it. And I can agree with your assessment more. So between so Cindy, between the current pandemic, you know, ongoing social injustice issues, how do you see sport? Um, and you're, you know, you're the sports family at home, so you know, mm-hmm. it's not just basketball, but how do you see sport making a positive impact in our lives during these unprecedented times? I tell you, I think all we have to do is look to the WNBA and, and send double alum, Brian January, and, and folks of her ilk that have really used their platform for good to just start conversation. That's the only way we're going to see change regarding social injustice and racial injustice. The conversations that I've had, even amongst my neighbors, socially distanced over the fence or on the front lawn, uh, <laughs> since right. the death of George Floyd have been incredible. I, they're asking me, Cindy, what should I be reading? What should I be watching? I've never had conversations like that in my entire adult life with white folks. And a lot of people don't appreciate or even know that I'm black, that my dad is black, my mom is white. And I recently had the chance to visit my dad and my sister in Seattle. And we were all talking about how when I was younger, now granted, I'm as old as Methuselah, but when I was younger, there was no biracial or, you know, you you do that delineation of, oh, my dad is black, my mom is white. It was my dad's black, I'm black. And I only ran into what are you, quote unquote, when I got in the real world. I was a Delta flight attendant for a little bit. And when I was in Atlanta, Georgia, people wanted to know what I was because I offended everybody. I offended black women who were angry that my dad was with a white woman. And I offended black folks because my skin was lighter. And I offended white folks because I was a mix of black and white. It was bananas, but it was so educational. And I got to the point when people would ask me, well, what are you? I would respond, what would you like me to be? Just to gauge where they were at on the level of angst (laughs) spectrum. So it, it opened my eyes and it taught me a lot about the world. And I was very grateful for it. 
And then for me, I just kind of put race to the side because in the sports industry, when I graduated from Washington State, it was all about, oh, you're a woman, you don't know what you're doing. And so that became my mantle. It was, you know, race aside, I'm just going to get past the misogyny and the sexism. That's where I put my energy. And so now <laughs> I've had to shift like, okay, I've, I've fought that sexism battle for decades now. And now people want to engage on race. Let me jump in on that as well. So it's been, it's been an explosive summer, needless to say. Yeah. Well, you're, you know, you're an incredible voice for a lot of people and, and for us in the sports world. And I hope that you keep, um, you know, taking on both injustices, both sexism and racism, because I can tell you, I'm, 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 you can't say you're older around someone who's older than you. Okay. So <laughs> but as, as, a, as a fellow, uh, you know, dinosaur, I just have never in my lifetime, I've, I've seen racism and sexism my entire lifetime, but I've never seen so much um, discussion. I've never seen so much of this country kind of, um, you know, wanting to actually do something about it. So I'm, I'm really encouraged by that. So thank you. Yeah. That, that um, and it's, it's yeah. global. It's not just here in the United States. It's, you know, Satu Sabli goes home to Germany and folks are protesting there. And then we see the international right. basketball players with their different teams and it's there, you know, down in Australia. I, that is unprecedented in my lifetime. And when I was asking my dad, who's 78 years old, like you marched, you, you know this, you lived it as a black man, you feel the pain, what's different for you? And he immediately said, it's global and there are more white people marching alongside. He said, that's where real change has a chance to happen. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Um, Okay, we're probably, we always keep our podcasts um, short enough where we feel like more people will actually listen to them. So can I ask you one more question? Absolutely. Okay, fantastic. Um, we always, we actually always enjoy talking about leadership on this podcast. And, um, you know, for you, not only do you have your rigorous work schedule, which I know it's been a little bit um, on hold, but it's coming back, Cindy. You're going to be, um, you know, in demand and, and all over very soon. Um, and, you know, within that, you know, you continuously have to be on and you have to look good. I mean, you know, all of it, right? So mm-hmm. what is your best, strategy for leading yourself? My best strategy. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Well, it's just hard to influence other people and be who you can be with if you're not really taking care of yourself. So, you know, just maybe one thing that you do to really, you know, make sure you're in a good place as a person every day so you can, you know, be all that you are to everybody around you. You I always come me, in especially energy on steroids. Like you are energetic, always on. So how do you <laughs> how do you how do you maintain that, Cindy Brunson? Uh, well, first of all, I still can't believe that I get paid to talk about sports. So that's instant energy right there. Uh, it is right. still a giddy situation for me to walk into a gym and hear the sneakers squeaking on the hardwood and see the basket 
and see the ball go through the hoop and hear the snap of the net, that is energizing for me. So, and you know me, CPT, at this time of year, I would have already been to two or three of your practices by now, just to be a fly on the wall. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I just, I get energized from that. But I do try to work out because father time is undefeated. And I have found that the more that I work out, the better I feel. And, uh, and also reading throughout this time, my husband is a voracious reader and is always on me to, you know, all right, stop watching Bravo television and actually read a book. (laughs) Um, And so now I'm, I'm as well read as I always wanted to be. So that's been, that's been good, a good feature of this awful time that our country and our world is in. Um, But yeah, to read and, and get to know other things, get to know, you know, history. Like I have been all over uh, the Equal Rights Amendment. We have enough states to make it a part of our constitution. We've got 38 states on board and it's still not passed. And this has been a decades long fight, as you know, and something that was ready to go when I was a kid. So why it isn't a part of the American conversation, I know there's a lot to get to, but again, it goes back to my tenant of I've dealt with racism and I've dealt with sexism and I've tried to balance that. So now I'm kind of back on the sexism thing because we're still only making 72 cents on the dollar compared to men. And that has got to change. Reading a lot about that and, and just trying to be engaged and uh, yeah, work out, read. And then I've decided I used to be a big check writer, like, you know, I'll donate to this and that charity and now I'm just putting my skin in the game because honestly, I haven't been making money, so I don't have that much to spare. Uh, so yeah. I'm volunteering. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work the poll. Yeah. I've volunteered with Maricopa County, and uh, yeah, That's I'm doing it that awesome. way. Cindy Brunson, you, thank you for your transparency. This, you are wonderful. Um, we really appreciate your time. And, um, you know, I told everybody before you're a rock star, and now they know why. So, um, look forward to seeing you soon, my friend, at a game or two. Oh, sounds good. <laughs> look forward to it. Thanks so much for having me, Coach. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Cindy. All right. See you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you, Cindy Brunson, for sharing and, you know, great advice, you know, working out, reading, volunteering, all great winning strategies for us to lead ourselves. And um, I love when we had President Crow on and he gave us his best strategy in terms of leading himself every day is just at the end of the day, you know, just letting it go, putting that day away, starting a fresh day. Um, Truly, if we all are leaders, it is so important that if we want our people to show up a 10 every day, we don't show up a five. So along those lines, um, you know, I kind of echo Cindy and, and, uh, you know, self-care is huge, you know, that we're eating well, that we're getting our rest, that we're um, staying healthy, exercising, you know, hydrating, um, all huge things that we talk about with our players every single day. Um, But, you know, really on top of that, I would, I just like to strongly recommend, and those of you that have been knowing me for a while know one of my favorite books is The Book of Joy. And, um, you know, it just teaches us how to have a joyful spirit no matter what, which I think is a, a pretty critical component of, of leadership. And that book is a week-long conversation between 
Archbishop Desmond Tutu and the Dalai Lama. And uh, they're just so inspirational and arguably two of our, our greatest moral leaders of our time. Um, so, you know, quote from the book, joy is a byproduct of, the life well, of a life well lived. It's much bigger than happiness. And I just wanted to share with everybody that, you know, no matter what your situation, these pillars that they teach us um, in this book, which I'm going to cover very quickly today, seem to um, really help me be in a good place no matter what. So they have the four pillars of the mind, and the first is perspective. You know, just, just change, you know, really keeping perspective on, on the way we see the world. And, um, you know, looking at things um, as opportunities and not obligations. Uh, the second one is humility. And uh, obviously, um, you know, it's not to say that you don't celebrate your strengths, but, you know, they do talk about arrogance is the, confu the confusion between our temporary roles and our fundamental identity. Um, humor. We love humor with Sun Devil Women's Basketball. <laughs> always, always uh, with our corny jokes. But yeah, you know, humor is, is the universal index of spiritual development. Um, acceptance. I, I think that's something... A lot of people struggle with today, you know, something crummy happens and they, and they, you know, they don't, they can't just accept it and move on, um, even with younger kids, especially. So I think that's an incredible quality. And, and then they talk about the, the qualities of the heart. The first one being forgiveness. And, you know, we, we all have haters in our life and people that sometimes do things that, that, um, aren't exactly, um, helping us, you know, and, and, you know, the ability to forgive, um, and get away from, you know, retaliation or payback or revenge is so healing and renewing and uh, for, every, for all of us, but especially you. Uh, attitude of gratitude, you know, just waking up, feeling good, feeling appreciative for everything that you have in your life is, is obviously a huge one. Compassion, you know, not just compassion for others, but self-compassion. You know, don't, don't shame, blame, judge yourself you know, as well as other people, you know, having empathy and, and really, you know, feeling where other people are coming from is, is very um, helpful for us being in a good place. And the last one is just generosity and giving we receive. So obviously, um, you know, Cindy talked about volunteering, um, you know, filling other people's bucket fills our bucket and, um, you know, really helps us be fulfilled. So again, um, thank you so much for listening today. Please stay tuned. This is Charlie Turner Thorne. Till next time, go Devils. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of It's My Turn with Charlie Turner Thorne.